You are now listening to the Cherry Pickin' Podcast featuring your boy, your favorite man alive, Andre Cherry Pickin' Cherry. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Pickin' Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everyone, thank you for downloading another very special episode of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Andre Cherry, and I am so glad that you guys have decided to download this episode. We're still in the middle of this corona pandemic, and we don't have any sports. It's It's been kind of lonely. It's only been a few days of not having sports. I'm actually recording this on March 14th, but it definitely feels different to not have any NBA action to not have any NHL action, to not have NCAA March Madness, and baseball was just around the corner from having their opening day, and so that has also been postponed. So it's some crazy times right now. And oh, we don't even have XFL. No more XFL. What are we going to do with no more XFL? But yeah, this is crazy times right now, and and I appreciate you all downloading this episode because I still want to produce content, even though there's not much of it to really speak to in, in regards to the sports world. But I do want to explore a topic on this podcast today regarding what the NCAA is going to do with the student athletes who had their seasons canceled. So I'm referring to athletes in the winter season. All their sporting action was canceled. And then the spring, the spring students didn't have the chance to have their season actually begin yet. And that was just flat out canceled. And so just a day ago, NCAA on Twitter released the NCAA statement in regards to the cancellations for the remaining winter and spring championships. And I quote, today, NCAA President Mark Emeritt and the Board of Governors canceled the Division I men's and women's 2020 basketball tournaments, as well as all remaining winter and spring NCAA championships. This decision is based on the evolving COVID-19 public health threat. Our ability to ensure the events do not contribute to spread of the pandemic and the impracticability of hosting such events at any time during this academic year, given ongoing decisions decisions by other entities. So the NCAA followed suit with the NBA. Adam Silver was the first to announce a postponement of the NBA regular season. And after we saw that happen, the other leagues followed suit, which I think was appropriate at the time. It may have come as a shock at the time because we didn't really know as a as a country, how big this threat really was. I guess you could say prior to the events of last week, we didn't really get a clear sense from the folks who are in power how serious this threat was. And I know doctors in the medical field have been really keeping a close eye on this virus and have been really trying to signal out what may be coming ahead. But, you know, I I didn't hear it from my government until maybe a couple weeks ago. I live in Pennsylvania, and so the governor here, uh, Tom Wolf, had decided to call it a state of emergency, and then other states followed suit. I was in Chicago just a few days ago, not even a week ago, and when I arrived in Illinois, the governor, Governor Pritzker, had also declared a state of emergency. So you know, we're seeing these states one by one declare states of emergency just a few days ago. President Trump declared a national emergency. And so we're all bracing for something that we, one, can't see, 
but two, know that the threat exists and it's very real. Just from looking at other countries and how the virus is spread through those countries, we've seen the effects of this virus in terms of many folks being ill, thousands of folks being ill, and then you know we've seen the number, the death toll rise. And I think you know the United States is trying to to prevent this spread as much as possible. So I think hats off to all these leagues and to the NCAA for canceling athletics. And certainly, what I'm about to explore on this topic or on this podcast. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to minimize the real world uh, the real world effects of what is going to happen with this virus once it spreads. Certainly lives are very important, lives matter. You never want to endanger your neighbor. I'm personally planning to be caved in my house for the foreseeable future. My partner is now going to be working from home as well, and so Schools have been canceled in Philadelphia. My daycare, my daughter's daycare, surprisingly, is open right now. And so I'm really curious to see how long that will stay open. But if Zola needs to stay home with us while we're working from home, you know, we'll make arrangements to figure out how we are going to tag team watching Zola. Because if you have a toddler, you know that they are a lot of energy and they are a lot of work. And so as we're watching Zola, our work is going to have to change. You know, how we how we manage our workload will change because our focus is not going to be solely dedicated on work. And I'm, I'm just saying that from my own personal experience. You know, this is a, an event that I never would have imagined, never would have imagined living through a pandemic. Because to me, this this seems almost biblical. It seems biblical in the sense like it's a plague. You know what I mean? And so this is something that, you know, I've read about in history books, but never thought that my generation would experience something like this. And we'll get through it. I know we will. I know we can. It's just so scary and unsettling to see how this virus is spreading across the globe. It's it is terrifying. My partner and I, are, we're going to do what we need to do to get through this. And, you know, lives are changing as a result of this. And fortunately, we work at companies where we can work from home and we can still work virtually. But, you know, my heart goes out to those folks who are working families and may not have an opportunity to work from home or can't work from home. I, I'm just worried about how long this will last. Uh, the schools here in, in Philly are closed for two weeks. Some are suspecting that it could be anywhere from two to eight weeks. And so that would be, that's crazy to think about. Like that, I can't imagine the effect that it will have on families who, again, like I said, are working class families and need to work and need to go to work to provide for their families. I'm just, I'm a little, little nervous about what, what this could mean to our economy and, and what it'll do overall to the morale of folks. I mean... This is certainly a good opportunity for us to come together, even though we are asked to use social distancing to make sure that we don't infect one another. But, you know, still need to be kind to one another, still need to have some compassion and just be a good neighbor because that's all you can do right now. You know, it, this this is changing every single day. There's some sort of new news event every single day as it pertains to this virus. I was just in the airport about a week ago, and you could you could definitely tell there was a difference in the term in terms of less travelers. It wasn't as busy in Midway as it usually is. It wasn't quite busy at St. Louis Airport 
Philly was pretty quiet too. I came back around like six or seven on a on a Wednesday night, and it was pretty pretty calm. I have a friend who lives out in San Francisco, and she put a video on her Instagram uh, yesterday. She was flying from out of San Francisco airport. It was completely dead, and so I'm I'm curious to see what what impact this will have on the uh, airline industry. Will flights be grounded at some point? I, I don't know. I know there's a travel ban right now from the U.S. to and from Europe, so I've already seen that. But in terms of cross-country travel, I wonder how this will impact the airline industry. And I mean, there's there's so many ripple effects of this virus. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that college athletics, athletics in general, are low on that on that list. And I mean low from the the sense of the entertainment value that it provides to us. I'm not I'm not trying to take away from the jobs and the the, the millions of jobs that are out there that people are unable, are able to go to from this. So I'm talking about folks who are ticket takers, folks who work concessions, folks who clean the stadiums after every game, like folks like that. You know, I, I know this has an impact. So I'm not trying to minimize that. I'm just saying sports, the actual physical plane of these sports is low on the list of concerns and worries right now. But I still think it's worth a conversation to figure out what is the game plan going to be once we get through this? Because we will get through this virus. We will get through this pandemic. It's just a matter of when. And so when that time comes, what is the NCAA's plan to make sure that athletes who are losing their eligibility right now because like I said, spring athletes can't even, they can't even play their seasons. So if you're a track athlete, track and field athlete, your season was canceled. If you're a, a swimmer or water polo athlete, you know, your your season is pretty much done. And so I think I saw something online again from the NCAA. And let me see if I can pull it up real quick here. I think there was a plan in place to figure out what the eligibility will look like for Division One athletes. And I, I found it actually. So uh, there's inside the NCAA, the NCAA retweeted this this tweet, and it says, Council leadership agreed that eligibility relief is appropriate for all Division I student-athletes who participated in spring sports. Details of eligibility relief will be finalized at a later time. Additional issues with NCAA rules must be addressed, and appropriate governance bodies will work through those in the coming days and weeks. So it looks like this is top of mind for the NCAA, and they said they will address what the eligibility relief will look like in the next coming days and weeks. So for spring spring athletes, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take a guess here. They'll probably get their eligibility reinstated, or they'll have an extra year of eligibility. They won't lose their eligibility. But what, what do we do for the athletes who are winter athletes? meaning NCAA basketball players at the Division One level, and even D2, D3. I mean, you can make an argument for those divisions as well because I know they were starting their conference tournaments and you know postseason play as well. So they're just as equally impacted in this as the Division One athletes are. So right now on Twitter, I saw this petition that was going around, and it's from uh, change.org. There's a petition going on around right now let the ncaa athletes get a year of eligibility back and it's this thing is is still ticking upwards right now at the current moment over 235,789 folks have signed this petition and and like i said it's growing by the second and they want to get and this this guy drew swindon hammer needs my help with let ncaa athletes get a year of eligibility back join drew and 
over 235,000 other supporters today. Sign the petition. So there's a petition to allow them to get their eligibility back. And on the petition, it says, Due to the coronavirus, many NCAA student-athletes have been stripped of a year of eligibility before they were even able to compete, all of which have been training for countless hours in order to achieve their personal and athletic goals. We understand why the NCAA are taking these precautions and believe that the issue is bigger than sports. However, having a year of eligibility taken away from these dedicated athletes simply is not right. If you are an NCAA student athlete or support NCAA athletics, we urge you to sign this petition in order to allow the NCAA to give back this year of eligibility to student athletes. So it's a good effort. I mean, this thing, like I said, it's still ticking upwards. It's Right now it's at 235,819 have signed. They're trying to get to 300,000. So I think a plan will be put in place to have the student athletes who participate in spring sports get their eligibility or not lose a year of eligibility. But I'm curious what will happen to the winter athletes. March Madness was just about to tip off, folks. I mean, this would have been the week that NCAA March Madness would have tipped off. And it it is a little bit of a bummer because we all love March Madness. This is one of the the biggest sporting events of the year. I mean, it's Super Bowl, March Madness, NBA NBA Finals. Those are all, they all have huge interest. But in the month of March, you know, this, this tournament was the biggest thing going. I know folks who fly out to Vegas to watch the March Madness tournament and bet on the action. So millions of dollars, billions of dollars have been lost by the cancellation of this tournament. You know, we're all, we're not fools. NCAA is big business and March Madness is a big revenue generator for the NCAA. So for them to cancel this, I mean, it just shows you the devastating impact this virus already has had on the economy. Other sporting leagues have canceled their action. WrestleMania, I think, is still open at the moment. I don't know if that's going to actually happen or if it's going to happen with no fans in in the audience. I just saw SmackDown just the other night, and it was just completely empty. It was completely empty. I never would have thought I would have experienced something like that in my life, watching wrestling with an empty gym, and it, it almost made me question why I'm watching wrestling. But I applaud the the WWE for continuing with the show because the show must go on. And so the performers were really selling it despite not having an audience there to watch them. So, you know, it's cool stuff like that. I mean, we, we need something good to, to, to watch. We need something good to feel about. And so hats off to the WWE for allowing that to continue on. And hopefully none of the performers... Or the entertainers have this virus because I'm I'm sure if one of them gets it, as soon as one of one of them gets it, you probably got to shut down the, the show. But yeah, I mean, what what is the NCAA going to do about the winter athletes? I propose that they should allow all winter athletes to retain a year of eligibility. And the case was made that you know some of these schools already finished conference play. They finished conference play. They finished their conference tournament why should they get a year of eligibility when they were already done with their season which is a valid valid point i just i think we are in we are in a different situation here with this virus this is not a normal situation this is not typical this is something that hasn't happened in a hundred years the the outbreak and the the response to this type of uh, virus i know we've had sars before in the past we've had h1n1 but this 
This virus, the coronavirus or COVID-19, seems to be more devastating than those viruses uh, from the past. And I don't, I don't have the specific numbers, but the death toll for this thing is climbing. And I know folks will say, well, the flu technically kills more people annually, which may be true. But folks who get the flu, the average everyday flu, aren't dying at this this click. I mean, the, the mortality rate for this thing is it's high. So we're you know we're not living in in normal situations right now. Like this is a atypical situation. So I think it at least deserves consideration to let these kids have their eligibility back. Or if you're not going to give them their eligibility back and they lose it, why not push the March Madness out? I, I think they flat out canceled March Madness, but why not move it to say September, September Madness or something like that, Autumn Madness. You could you could say it, phrase it any way you want, but instead of canceling it, why not just push it out to after we get out of this virus and we're in the clear? Why not just resume this tournament at a later date and time? That way, if you are against giving these kids a year of eligibility back, just let them finish out the March Madness and then we just go on with our business. So the winter athletes, they don't get any eligibility back. They lose it but push out March Madness to another date and time once we get through this virus. But then the spring athletes who are impacted still get a chance to hold on to their eligibility for next year. That could be one solution, I think. And I think that would uh, I think that would make a lot of folks very happy because we all love March Madness. We love making brackets. We love putting money on the line for these games. And instead of just outright canceling it, maybe just pushing it out to a later date and time would have been better because then these athletes still get a chance to showcase their abilities for scouts. And, you know, I think everything's going to have to shift in terms of dates when we were going to have the draft and the dates for the NFL draft. Like maybe some of this stuff will need to get pushed out because this is going to cause a ripple effect everywhere. And so I know just picking up and starting over in a new a new date and time, such as September or August, will have an impact for some of those things. But maybe we shift everything out and just kind of restart at a later date. You know, I'm just I'm thinking I'm trying to think through this as things evolve. And it's just and it's just so uncertain right now to even really know, you know, what things will look like in a month. But it's just something that I'm thinking about today. This is probably what day day three of of our response to the coronavirus and the state of emergency or the national emergency was just announced yesterday. So I know things are still evolving and things are rapidly changing, but I'm just trying to think through this very real, real problem that we'll have once we get through this. And I'm sure the NCAA, I hope, is thinking through what the plan will be. But instead of canceling the March Madness, why not just push it out? And give those players an opportunity if they want to play in the tournament to do that. And I think that may help if you don't want to give them a year of eligibility. But it's just one possibility for what could happen. And it's crazy because I know we're talking about winter sports and spring sports. But the fall sports are going to be impacted by this as well. I mean, just the other day, 10 days ago, I got a media alert that Temple had announced the 2020 spring schedule and pro pro day. And so I was planning on going out to the practices and and getting a sense of, you know, where the team is at this spring. And, you know, they were going to make Rod Carey available. They're going to make the coaches available. The players would have been available to the media while they're going through their spring practices. And so I was really looking forward to attending those spring practices. And then this 
this outbreak happens and everything has been canceled. I know Temple is uh, doing web classes and they're, you know, they're not having students come to the actual campus. So everything has shifted. Everything has adjusted. But I just think while we're thinking about winter and spring sports, fall sports will be impacted by this as well. Just in my backyard at Temple, like I mentioned earlier, I was prepared to cover this team during the spring and their annual Cherry and White Fest was canceled. Temple football team has canceled its Cherry and White Fan Fest, which was scheduled for April 4th because of the coronavirus outbreak. In addition, spring practices and all other sports and non-championship seasons have been suspended for at least the next two weeks. And there's a statement from Rod Carey from the Philadelphia Inquirer where he states, Our primary concern, as always, is the health and safety of our student-athletes, Carey said. That will always take precedence over anything else. This is uncharted territory for all of us. We will take the time while continuing to monitor a very fluid situation. So, I mean, this is fall football. They were getting ready for fall football. These spring practices are very crucial to their success to see where they are at. The NCAA only allows 15 practices scheduled practices so you know this is time that they lose they're gonna have to make it up you know once they get out of this once we all get out of this virus and this scare but you know the impact of sports is not college sports is not only on winter and spring athletics fall football will be impacted by this and i'm really curious to see what football will look like once we're out of this on the other side of this I'm bracing, I'm bracing for for the end of this, just just as we all are, you know. And I don't even think we're at the peak yet, which is something I heard on on the news. So this is very early to be putting this type of podcast out, but I think it's something that was worth discussion and something worth talking through with you guys. I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts are. What will the NCAA do with eligibility for the winter athletes and the spring athletes? I'm really curious to see what what will happen. But again, my thoughts are. Certainly with the folks who are going through this, certainly with the lives that will be lost and the families that will be impacted by this virus, my thoughts, my immediate thoughts and prayers are with those folks. But this gives me something to look forward to. I want to still be happy. I still want to be optimistic about sporting events resuming action again. And I love college athletics. I love college football. And this is something that will keep me uh, keep me busy, I guess, in the, in the meantime. But I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you want to interact with me, please do. You can find me at Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Cherry underscore Pickin. You can find all my content at CherryPickinSports.com. And like I said, please feel free to reach out. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts and opinions are on what the NCAA will plan to do once action resumes again. So with that, thank you guys for listening to this show. I'm going to try to churn out some content as frequently as I can as we are now without sports for an indefinite period of time. But I hope you guys continue to, to follow me and, and continue to download these shows. I really enjoy putting them out, and I hope they provide some sort of value to you as we are all navigating through this coronavirus together. With that, though, thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a great day. Hope you're staying safe, and I hope to talk to you very soon. Take care. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. If you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I. 
I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.